And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm here, so <laughs> I'm Shea Good Sugs in and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have I didn't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me okay. to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like Howdy. I'm a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 but. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Good. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? <laughs> Vava? This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? I would say finally on Monday. Uh, yeah, true. two weeks. True. Two weeks that our day was uh, was not was not the proper day to podcast. I'd say is so true. Feels good to be back on a Monday. Back. Well, it actually schedule. feels terrible because That's last it. week I was skiing in the Alps, so it was much much better <laughs> then. Um, but let's say that uh, since I was like forced to be back, then podcasting with you on Monday is uh, actually very good. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so the thunder. Have lost two games in a row to two opponents that are uh, less than stellar. They are currently third mm-hmm. third in the Western Conference, behind the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. Um, no, Nuggets and Timberwolves aren't playing particularly great themselves right now, so the Thunder have mm-hmm. a chance to right the ship. There's nothing unreachable about the top of the Western Conference, uh, but the Thunder schedule is. It's not that it's going to get difficult. Certainly not difficult tonight, but. It's just jam-packed, and Mark has kind of addressed that several times, that they're going to have to play a lot of different guys over this stretch to kind of keep people fresh and also like keeping the long-term in mind with the playoffs. Like You don't want this team to get mm-hmm. completely exhausted by playoff time and have nothing left uh, in the tank. So, But tonight they play Washington. They better smash Washington. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. After you lose two. And then you play in Washington. You get a break. It's like the only, there's only one more two-day break the rest of this month, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. Uh, you lose to Atlanta, second night of a back-to-back. It was kind of whatever. And then you lose just a, a game in Brooklyn. And you can, you can give the Thunder some credit that they didn't ever quit. Like, they really tried to get back in both of these games. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of – it felt like a repeat of the Atlanta game in Brooklyn 
on Friday night. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, I felt uh, exactly the same way. I think that um, many of the issues were the same, not all the issues. I think that um, on some part, they played even worse than against the Hawks. <clears throat> For example, on the yeah. boards, they yeah. they were smashed by by Atlanta. Uh, sorry, by Brooklyn. And I think that the, I would say, the common thing is that the, they had a bad night on the on the line, which is not it's not yeah, very common. A, they didn't get, yeah, they didn't get there enough, and when they did, it was not pretty, which is something that I don't think that is a trend or anything. I mm-hmm. I don't believe that Shay um, learned how to miss free throws now. It's right. um, so it's it's something that happens, and it's something that I think we should discuss but not like hey what happens what is happening with Shay? it's something that um it can be legs it can be a little bit of lack of focus um after playing like a lot a lot of home games you you get to atlanta on a very very bad um day because your plane started whatever hour and then two days later uh, later you're in brooklyn and and the starters played okay and i think it was the bench it was basically non-existent uh, in Brooklyn, yeah. which is probably one of the first times where you can you can see nobody off the bench did mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Like Kenrich had one rebound. Yeah, K. Rich, K. Rich was not good in that game. Yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to, and it's funny because people were kind of up in arms about Kenrich not playing in Atlanta. Well, then you play him in Brooklyn, and it's like he just wasn't even effective in that game. So, you know, Kenrich is is good, and he helps in a lot of ways, but. Like he's not like the the end all be all or the fix for every situation. Also, like I just can't like bring myself to even like be upset about this. This is the NBA. Like every yeah. single team goes through this on some kind of scale at some point in the season, especially a young team. And I know I've hammered that point so much over the past couple of years, but it still is true. It's still true that this is the second youngest team mm-hmm. in the league, and. You just have to kind of be ready for it. Like this is this is what it's like watching a normal good basketball team in the NBA. It's like these kinds of stretches where you're like, hey, this should never happen. We should just put this all, you know, they should be able to just kind of coast through these games. They're more talented. They're this or that. The truth is, like, they're still playing against a sliver of the 400 best players in the world, and you can lose to anybody on any given night. It's happened twice in a row. Man, they almost won. I fully believe, and we think we talked about this on Friday, but like, I fully believe had that Isaiah Joe shot gone down, the Thunder would have won that game. I mean, it's like, sure. And probably they win also this one. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I think that it happens. Um, and I'm, uh, I did Thunder After Dark by myself. Uh, mm. And I wasn't, I wasn't too mad. I wasn't too pissed off because these games are like lessons, very important lessons that. If you let the game slip away from you, if you don't find a way to change the course of the game, this is some this is something that can, that can happen no matter the difference in talent. And yeah. it's good that they they had just three games of this sort. I mean, the one against Denver, the first one, and then these two where they got down big. And against Denver, they never never uh, get back into it. Mm-hmm. Over the past two games, they. They did mainly because the opponents was not 
as good as Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, not letting the game slip away and do stuff on the margin to keep it close, it's very important. Maybe do two, three fouls in a row. Maybe do the hack a Claxton before and mm-hmm. not at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, hack a clax. Trying to hack a clax. Um, maybe trying to do uh, stuff like that just to just to make uh, to put the game in pause and not allow the avalanche to keep going. Because when you are down thirty two. Yeah, you can say, good job, guys. You gave yourself a chance. But it's, yeah, it's also like Brooklyn not playing really for a lot of minutes. And I know that it, this happened uh, against Boston and against uh, Houston. And guess what? Mm. In both in both occasions, the Thunder were up big and they won the game. Mm. Because this is what happens many, many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if the Avalanche, did, I mean, even if uh, OKC was able to close with the Hawks, sure. They did, uh, like Dallas did against uh, the Thunder. But I mean, it still counts as a loss. And and I think that the lesson is, hey, we can't go down this big. We can go down 10, mm-hmm. 12. Yes, we can do that. And 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 take over and get back to game. Like more yeah. than 15, 18. Yeah, that's a no. Yeah, I, I'm with you. At, at that point, when they're down 30, I'm like, I actually don't want them to win. Like, it's cool that they're fighting back. But like I want them to try as hard as I can and not win, because you're right. Yeah. Like it's it teaches them, it, and it's like it's like to human nature, you know. Like you kind of want to see what you can get away with, you know, at times, where you don't maybe want to put forth the effort you know that you need to, but you think you can get by with this kind of effort. And then it's it's way better for people in the long run for that to blow up in their face in a moment than it is for it, them to like come through and, and be successful. Because it just like reinforces the idea that like oh we can just do we, we can goof around we're yeah. so good like we are so good that we can just show up and give whatever effort in the first quarter and then get back into this like no like you have to do it for forty eight minutes it's it's all the stuff they say all the time it's forty eight yeah. minute game zero and zero all those things they did not live into that identity and like play into that identity in those two games. Like they just didn't. And they're not perfect. It's a group of people. It's they're not going to be perfect. NBA teams are always 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 going to have struggles. Every in every single season don't matter how good they are. I mean, the only one I can think of that maybe didn't was the 73 win Warriors, you know. Yeah. But like everybody else has has struggles with consistency and even they they lost the title that year. They didn't win the whole thing. No. You know, it's this is a hard league. This is a really hard league, and you have to learn the lessons. And this young team still has a ton of lessons to learn, and you you can't bypass the lessons that you need to learn. I know it sounds like so cliche, or it sounds you know like coach speak or whatever, but I mean it's just it's just the truth. And also, they're still really good. Like this team is really really good. I was looking up. <coughs> excuse me, some stats on this team, and they just kept floating to the top. They're first in points per possession in isolation this yeah. season, which is wild, which is like Shea and Dub, basically, and Chet. Yeah, They're fourth, fourth in points per possession in transition, first in frequency. The first in frequency was the one that like I really wanted to see, you know, when you look at which it. Which is also something that they missed 
in those games. Totally. Like, totally. To the- be able to turn the team over. And I sorry for me to get get back a little bit uh, on yeah. the game but i read i think it was james anderson uh, on twitter um or maybe hoopstock69 i don't remember who mentioned that, that against atlanta it was clear that he didn't have the legs and you don't really see that uh and i um, i think that also someone on the dream team show said the same um you don't really see that in unless you pay attention on rotations and on like just verticality mm-hmm. and and they were really, really late on many closeout in corners, in corners against both Brooklyn and Atlanta. And that is, hey, yes, we had the energy because Boston like gave us the energy, but they, I mean, they had a very, very difficult stretch. Yeah. And and we are not discussing this if the bench somehow finds uh, a way to be effective from the three point range. Yeah, just like one guy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not so, not like the whole bench, just like one guy. Can we get Isaiah Joe to have a hot game here? You know? Yeah, that exactly. Been it. You, you need just that, and and this really doesn't happen. Yeah. So you, you, you don't shoot well, and on top you have this emotional and physical burden over the past like 10 days. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, as you mentioned, this is the NBA. If you struck out luck um, shooting-wise, then these are wins. Uh, that you can then go back and say, yeah, we did win, like win those games, but we actually lost them. And instead, it's hey, we actually lost those games because a we should badly and b we're not there uh, defensively or dude the defense yeah. that was as bad as I've seen the defense all season yeah. in those two games. I mean it was I mean, and maybe- not schematically they were just a tad late, a oh. tad soft. Oh, tad soft, tad late, and probably more than a tad late. There were a lot of like uncontested shots that yeah. just resulted like, and a lot of the because the Thunder plays smaller, they swarm a lot and they rely on scrambling out shooters. Like that's yeah. just a part of the defense, and like yeah. you have to be absolutely one hundred percent committed to the style of defense that they play, or else you will get burned. Yeah, and for the most part, they have been like completely sold out, completely on board doing exactly what they need to do except for except for those two games where they were just the interest wasn't there they were like all right whatever jalen johnson like you're not gonna make it because i mean maybe even yeah. in the scouting report it said like uh you know jalen johnson's not a good shooter and he hasn't he's not he's not some great shooter but he was that yeah. night and they weren't scrambling to him he had a lot of wide open shots and so yeah and hope, they were also hope, like oh yeah go ahead clear mistakes like you can't you can't send three guys at nick claxton i I love the guy i I really like him as a player and i would love for him to be um a backup center and not like a a starting center uh because he he's clearly uh, he was really good in that start he was really good in that game yeah you can't if you're a josh kitty you can't stay that close there are there were already two guys on the play and he left cam johnson wide open in the corner like that that can happen and as as then daniel zanolini is saying in the chat and then smith jr can't have four offensive rebounds i think De- it was more but but dennis okay. smith was awesome dennis smith has been kind of awesome in in like this small you know gary payton the second kind of role for them yeah you know like he he kind of fills a similar role like good defender athletic as all get out i mean he just detonated somebody yesterday he was, I mean, he's, 
he's an interesting player and has been pretty good for them. And I think is a probably yeah. close to a minimum guy that I think if he landed on a contender, that would be, I think he could help them. That's, I'm not necessarily saying the Thunder because I don't think they need another small player on the mm-hmm. perimeter, but man, like you watch that team, the Nets are just like stacked with players that good teams could use. And, yeah. you know, yesterday they lost in embarrassing fashion and, you know, they're going to need to make some deals just to, mm-hmm. like, this season's going to be a lost one. Not that they need to completely tank. Like, I don't think they'll trade McHale. But, like, they need to probably trade Claxton or they're going to have to pay him. You know, that's the thing with Claxton. You know, Royce O'Neal, they need to probably trade him too. He's still got a lot left in the tank. They need to really consider what they want to do with Cam Thomas. You know, I don't know that they want to trade Cam Johnson. That's somebody I think could really help a lot of teams. But because on Cam Thomas, he, huh? On Cam Thomas, yeah. That was the other signal that when I sh- when I saw the graphics at the beginning of the game, I said, "Yeah, there's no way OKC oh, yeah. win this one." Oh, I know. He was all out of twenty. Yeah, he over couldn't the past make four games. Yeah, he couldn't make a thing for like well, it seemed like forever, and yeah. then the light turned back on for him. Yeah, and it was he due. was he had like yeah. sixteen points in like no time. I mean, it was yeah. it was actually pretty impressive, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you're if you're Brooklyn, you look at your roster and say, okay, I probably want to keep Cam and McHale because, like, what is Bridges' contract go to? Twenty six, twenty seven per year. Yeah, three it, more years. Dude, it's so good. Twenty one this season. 23 oh. the next, 24.9, and 25.26. It's like all guaranteed, no player option. Uh, let's see. Oh man, I just lost it. He, I'll find it. That both those deals are so good for the Nets that it's almost like we just yeah. probably should keep them, you know. Yeah, but but those deals were will not help when they will have space to to add another star. Like yes, they can wait until the summer, maybe. And yeah. I, I don't know. Ben Simmons is expiring, right? Ben is expiring. Yes. No, no, no. He's not. Two years. Two years left. Two years. Oh my god. Yeah, he's got another year left. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's 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 bad. It's bad, bad. But so like, if for I... the next two years, they really can't do anything. I know. Like unless they have a lot of assets. Yeah, but and the, the but way then, like, in which you, you get a lot of assets is trading one of the two, not Mikel. Ken Johnson is, yeah, he's a nice player. He's a very nice player who can be very good. Um, are you in on the idea of bringing Ken Johnson in for like a gazillion picks? A gazillion? How much is a gazillion? Oh, like, oh, give, me, give, pre- me some, give me some realistic idea. Trade, trade deadline is so, one month away, by the way. We're mu- we're one month from the trade deadline today. So Kim Johnson is on a friendly, controllable deal. Yeah. And a guy like Kim Johnson, not like Laurie Markinen, is a guy that you can slide into a fourth guy, sort of. Fourth or fifth guy. Kind of I think. player. Yeah, for sure. He, I mean, yeah. he was that one. So this is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, you really can't see him fitting with the current core without really changing too much yeah. of the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I've, he, and he I've heard would, from different people that like he, both he and Finney Smith wouldn't mind being in a small market. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Cam Johnson efficiency with a guy like J-Dub or Shea or Chet um, with the ball in their hands will be insane because he would really be guarded by the fourth slash fifth best guy on the on the on the other team and he's a shooter uh, i think that the versatility comes from the fact that he can get up his shots against basically anybody whereas if you guard Isaiah Joe with a taller player he has a little bit less chances to be effective which is something that actually many teams are trying and starting to do um and it, it is paying off because it's uh it's different so I would not mind. Um, the deal would start, would have to include either Kazen or Igidi, I think, um, for, for Brooklyn to for be Cam? interested. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't Why know. not? I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm, it's either that or the like the premium picks. Like we're talking the, the 26 unprotected Clippers pick. You yeah, know? but it's a bit too rich for me. But yeah, maybe. It's you. I you can say, yeah, but then it's not. It's not really worth it. Uh, you can protect it a little bit. When so you, you would you them. rather trade Giddy than the that pick? I don't know. You you I have don't to really say. Know. You have to say right now. You have to say right this second what you would do. Oh uh, wow! You're yeah. very 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 big on the screen right now. <laughs> Uh, it's scaring me. I'm trying to bit. intimidate you um, uh, across I, the ocean yeah, right did. now. Um, I think that you can trade uh, three first-round picks for a guy like him if the, those three are not really premium picks. Yeah. The 2026 it seems a little too, be, too rich for me. Yeah. I Like I, three first-rounders are already like quite the package. Uh, I tend to agree. I tend to agree with that. Um, man, if, if I'm giving up, if I'm that, giving up Josh, like it better be. No, no, no. I a, think it's too much. It, clear, it's too much. Clear, 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 clear upgrade. Um, I'm trying to see if we can get to like the. The money. problem with Cam is that he doesn't solve your rebounding issue. Yeah, but like what one player would solve your rebounding issue that fits the way the Thunder play? Like, can you find me that guy? I haven't, I haven't, no, I no mentioned, one's been no, able to I was find saying that, that compared to Giddy, he would make things worse on the rebounding department. Um, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, he would. Yes, true. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not improving. And while I'm like, like I'm getting worse. Yeah, but the but the but the offensive trade off with the shooting, like I mean, it's 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 no secret that and you and you know this, you've been beating this drum more than anybody. It's like, who's the player that has the highest, you know, plus minus with Shea? Like, who makes Shea yeah. better than anybody on the team? It's Isaiah Joe. Yeah. It's Isaiah Joe. Then that's what the numbers spit out, and like. That's why Shea and like all these bench guys are the ones that are the best. Um, that have the best plus minus, you know. Now, yeah. to me, you have to ask yourself the question: Like, does Cam Johnson do enough of the other things that are required to be a Thunder player? And I have my doubts about that. 
Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think it's such a bad thing to be a play finisher, especially if you're six foot eight and can really just shoot the lights out. You know? Yeah. Like if you could if you could convince the Nets to do Finney Smith and Cam Johnson to OKC, which both of those guys, I have major, major questions about whether they can actually execute the things the Thunder want to. But mm-hmm. you could see how those guys would be helpful. And then it's basically like Giddy and a, and a couple picks and, dra- and like cap filler. Bertans. To get there. I mean, it'd have to be Bertans, probably have to be Vava, probably have to be Poku. You know, to no, we don't don't touch my Vava. It's starting to get better. I think yeah. that the units with with him and and Jada are actually helpful, and and this is also why, um, well, not why, but I think that we have to say that there are units now with Shea and Giddy that are playing a little bit more, mm-hmm. and those units, boy oh boy, those are not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Jada stays with Vava on the court, those units are pretty nice. Yeah, pretty clean, nice. Cleaning the glass, it's I mean it's in limited minutes because we have a limited sample. But with Vasily Mitchich on the court, they're like a plus fifty right now, according to cleaning the glass. Like he's helping he's helping a lot. And he's gonna play a lot this month. And I think it's gonna be like a big test for if he can be somebody that is like in the rotation, you know going down the stretch of the season. And he hasn't really even shot the ball well yet, you know, which I think he will. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, but he's very good at, like, igniting offense. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's not fast, but he's good at making the Thunder play fast. Yeah. You know, which is great. And I don't, I, I would like to just see him as just a part of what they do, you know? Yeah. And he, he drives the ball too, which is like a very Thunder thing. Like he does the Thunder things, you know? This is yeah. the, the team that's first in drives, their third in field goal percentage on their drives at 53.8%. Like he's a, he's a part of that. Um, he also helps with their catch and shoot stuff because he, he finds great, great shots when he drives. Yeah. The, the Thunder are first in percentage in catch and shoot. They're ninth in frequency. And they're only like two and a half less than the Kings who are first, you know, uh, catch and shoot shots. Um, yeah, do you have the number, the frequency in they're ninth. three point shot? Ninth. In catch and shoot in general or in catch and shoot threes? Or catch and in, shoot uh, threes. Catch and shoot threes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like, that number could get better. And depending on, like, if they did acquire somebody, if they don't, like, honestly, I still think it's probably pretty inconsequential whether they acquire somebody at the deadline or not this year. Like, I don't think that it's going to yeah. change the tr anything that they could or would be willing to do is going to change the trajectory of them. Like, somebody's bringing up Trey Murphy in the chat, you know? Yeah, like, sure. Alistair Hogg, great listener, been with us for a while. Yeah, McKelly was beating that drum at the draft. That would have been the time to get him. No chance they're getting they're getting him. They will deal so many other players first before they yeah. trade Trey Murphy. He's also like an incredible locker room guy, Trey is. Like everybody loves him. He's athletic. He's young. He can shoot. He can he's starting to put it together with uh some off the dribble stuff too. Like they're not trading him. And and also to be completely fair, he he, he would mess up completely OKC salary cap going forward which is one of the reason why i think that the camp Thompson camp johnson thing is actually interesting because it actually helps your cap moving forward yeah see that it adds like someone very controllable mm -hmm. a very good player a proven player um that played some playoffs um that he's a legit shooter which is something that you really need you can't say that in three years he would not be useful to you he's just is yeah and and, and yes, I know that removing Giddy is something that you say, yeah, I'm not ready to do that. Yeah. But even in the best moments, to me, the lineups with Giddy are struggling compared to others. I have yet to watch a game where I see, okay, Giddy was crucial to win this one. And the he last was one really was good against... against he was really good against Denver. In Denver. Yes. Yes, he was good. He was definitely good. He was not the first, not the second, not the third best player on the court. There were times where he was where he was controlling the game in that one, where it was like, oh, okay, there, there's Josh. Josh is back. There he is. Yeah, yeah, but how? Yes, but how many times was him like finding good ways to finish at the rim? There were a couple possessions that I remember. I'd have to go look back at it, but I remember. Yeah, a couple there possessions. were, and it's yeah when he can finish. He is effective, but the point is we have so many players that can do that as effective as he does. And the reason why he's doing that 
is that the players that the, the opponents are just scheming to allow him to to just bet on him being yeah. that. Yeah, it's which it's is something true. that at some point you pay. Yeah, I mean Josh at the rim, or at least at least zero to three feet, according to Basketball Reference, fifty nine percent, which on, is good on the but season. Not, not very good. Dort's fifty eight. Um, but then like you look at guys like Casey Wallace, it doesn't take nearly as much. Like it doesn't drive nearly as much. He's seventy five percent. Isaiah Joe's eighty three percent. Vava's eighty five point seven percent around the rim. Like Shea, who takes a ton of them, seventy three percent. You know, I feel like we talked about this. Yeah, it's last not week. Another, another, Jay Dub, another stratosphere. Dub is seventy three point eight. Yeah, better than Shea right now. Yeah, yeah. This is exactly what I'm. I'm saying it's. Uh, it's not that Giddy's damaging this team or anything. Um, I just think that the prototype of player, like if you play him with Shea, you're just basically saying okay. I need to play him there because otherwise the other lineups are not good and shake and lift. And I'm like, this was the problem with KD and Russ that you mm -hmm. could say, yeah, they lift a ton. I mean, can you see that? Like with him, you can play perk. Sure you can, mm -hmm. but try to get someone else and see that they don't have to lift them. And you can actually see, I mean, I remember that spread pick and roll uh, with Ibaka at the five. That was like when you saw those moments. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Now, now they are really unguardable. Yeah. Uh, and to me, when Giddy is on the court, they are not unguardable. They are extremely good. They can feast on many teams. But you, you could, you could see like teams saying, "Okay, we will let that guy beat us." Mm -hmm. And if he does, great. If he doesn't. Which is probably more more nights than than not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it's been better for sure recently. Sure, like, there were there was a time where people were freaking out. It's like, oh, this guy can, you can't even play him. He stinks. He can't like this is not going to work. You have to bench him. You have to do this. You got to do that. You know, like he's been pretty good recently, and the and like mm -hmm. the lineups with him are have been better recently like they're not negative you know anymore he's actually been quite positive recently um define quite above zero it's quite above zero <laughs> um hold on i'm trying to filter it on cleaning the glass where we can like target like important minutes because like this team actually has like quite a bit of garbage time even though, like the uh, yeah. the new cool thing for NBA coaches to say is like they don't believe in garbage time, um, it does exist. And thank you, cleaning the glass for filtering it out because because it like does matter. And I get the coach's point, sure. But when we're talking about usable data, like I'm sure that they would like to filter out garbage time too. Even though you think it doesn't exist, yeah. it exists. Okay. Um, so with Giddy on the court. They are a plus 3.6, which like a few weeks ago was negative. Um, still not, that's not great. That's not even that good. <laughs> like it's pretty good. Um, and so I'm, I'm not here to say like Giddy is like some incredible player. People don't see it. He should make the all-star team. Like you should be voting for him today. Like, no, I'm not saying that. But also 
he's really young. He's they're still going through this investigation. I I don't think they're going to trade Josh Giddy. One, I don't think you could with the ongoing investigation. Trade deadline's a month away. You know, they have a decision to make and we and we've seen, we have a track record of what happens with players that are due an extension that don't get one. And so the extension negotiations with Josh this summer are going to be really interesting. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll be on the team. I'd be, I'd be shocked if he wasn't on the team. But, like, we, we've seen, you know, Sam do some stuff when, when it's time for these guys to be extended. And they may take it into the season and kind of figure it out. But, like, the truth is, like, the, his time on his rookie-scale deal is, is coming to a close here next season. And usually Sam makes a decision whether that's extend or trade, you know. He, you know, traded Jeff Green. He traded – obviously he traded James Harden. He ended up giving Ennis Cantor the extension, you know, going into – he actually took actually took him unusually for the Thunder, took him into restricted free agency and allowed the Blazers to give him like this giant deal – um, that's a more unusual thing than the others. And so we'll see what happens this next go around. I think that they want to, before anything is done, I think you want to see what Josh looks like in the playoffs. Give him the whole series. Because like we have the the in-season tournament where he played well. How does he play against a team that is scheming against him for you know five to seven games? four to seven games how what happens what does that look like how do the thunder react can they adjust do they adjust is the adjustment taking him off the court is the adjustment putting him in the dunker spot is the adjustment putting him in the middle of the court like what's the adjustment you know and does it work i think that's what i i also would really like to see it you know before anything happens and i think that's i think that's a most likely way this is going to play out and I'm not here to say like, oh, they'll they'll never trade him. He's he's the crown jewel of the rebuild. Like he's not that. He's not like they have their big three. They have their best players. Yeah. But he's but he's still he's a very unusual player, which causes people, which co- makes him polarizing. Honestly, like be, because he is such an unusual player, he's polarizing. And also the fact that we know the kinds of players that play well with Shea are like good to outrageously good shooters that makes the fit diff you know a little difficult and so all that to say i don't think like josh giddy trade rumors are going to heat up or anything anytime soon i think we're going to get a chance to see what this team does in the playoffs maybe they add one or two pieces and that's where this is headed so like in any of our like giddy for cam thomas or cam johnson um scenarios are just like it's all no. Ken Thomas, no, 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 no. He's like the most anti-thunder player ever. Um, yeah, I don't. I just don't think any is of that's going to happen. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I know that it's not going to happen. But um, is there a guy on the Brooklyn Nets roster that you would say, yeah, I would trade Kitty if that was the player that, that, that I'm getting back? I mean, Mikhail. Like, yeah. Do you think that the price for Mikel will be like Giddy and Giddy, Kazan and four first rounders, something like that? I don't know that it'll be that high, but like it would be. I I would I wouldn't do Kazan and four first rounders. 
no, 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 okay. no chance I would do that. I, I, I'm a huge Case and Wallace believer. Like the guy has every tool that you would want a role player on this team to have. This is exactly why people will ask for him because everybody believes in those tools. Yeah, of course. The Thunder just drafted him tenth. They're not trading him. They have enough. Yeah. They have enough picks to say we don't have to trade him. Because if like if they really did, like let's say Mikhail became available, and the Nets were into having two Australian six foot eight guys that can't shoot, <laughs> you know, like they just we need that combination. We just we must have that combination. Um, then I would just say like okay, we'll go to five first rounders with Giddy and you know Bertans, Bertans. and mm-hmm. picks. Like if that were the case, like I think that's what the, you know, it's it, that's what the picks are for. Like that's what you have them yeah. for. Like, if you isn't will, it crazy that Mikel takes just like a third more than than Dort? That is an outrageous deal. It's a great deal. It's a great deal, and he'll demand a much bigger deal after that. Which which is why, like if if you were to make a big deal, you would probably have to trade. Josh, because he's going to get a deal that is much bigger than the deal he has now. Yeah, and so like to me, if you were going to make a trade for somebody else, you would have to almost like take the salary slot of like what you think Giddy could make. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, but twenty four in two years, like you have two and a half, two and a half years of Mikel Bridges. Yeah. It's great. He he also doesn't solve your rebounding problem if you're thinking of like sliding him in for Giddy. Like you become a yeah, worse. Yeah, I know. But but can you imagine the defense? Like that would, would be like that, fly that starting unit. Yeah, they would be sick. They'd fly around everywhere. Yeah. That he would yeah. he would thrive with this with Shea and with Dub and with Chet. Yeah, I mean yeah. it'd be great. It's his deal is why I don't think he'll be available. And if and if it is like picks that they want like the thunder can just come in and just like go over the top and just say whatever you want yeah you know and like that's that's i believe that someday i don't think it'll be this trade deadline but i do believe someday that kind of deal will open up this thunder team will have proven themselves ready and sam will step up and say five or six first rounders for this exact player that we need plus you know salary filler and that will ha- and that kind of deal will happen at some point like i i do believe like that's what the picks are for you know at yeah. some at some point i don't think it's today um even as much as like most thunder fans would want something like that to happen like if that happened today people would flip would absolutely lose it yeah. people would be so excited but i just don't think it's time for something like that quite yet um, but no, but I do I believe that, that time um, is coming. Like that time is is as as this team continues to get better and better, that time is drawing nearer and nearer. Yeah, I think that uh, we have to. I agree with you that unless one of those players can come in for a very reasonable amount, like say that for example, um, Kim Johnson says, "Okay, I I'm really." I really want to to go somewhere else to play, or or they want to have some like cap flexibility going forward, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Say okay, um, two first and Bertans. I mean, you kind of have to do that deal. Like if that is for the who? deal for Cam Johnson, 
I mean, you kind of have to. That would be like a very opportunistic type of deal. Even if it's Jeng, like you, like they, they say, okay, let's let's try out this guy. Sure. We don't we, like yeah. I mean, these kind of deals. Yeah, and and even Wiggins, like I love Wiggins. He's a good player. He's a very good controllable player. But if you can get, yeah, I don't think that's like a player like this. I I'm, but who is offering more? I don't know. Like which contender? I don't think they're trading them. I just don't think they're trading those guys. I just yeah, do you end up like Toronto? Dude, where so, there's so many just, teams. There's so many teams. Like the the problem with the Nets is like they don't control their their own picks. Yeah, exactly. This is why you, you need to get more. Like I see a team like Orlando putting an offer for a guy like Ken Johnson. And they may I don't know if they, they want more picks. They they've got they still have extra picks. I think what they want is to add like somebody who is actually good. Yeah, but but like Cam Johnson will not would not give you that. I'm not saying the, the Cam will. I'm not saying Cam will. I think like taking like some of the Suns picks and Cam and DFS and like whatever else, you know, that kind of offer can get you where. I don't know, man. I don't know. You see, to me, like it's. I'm not trying to convince you that two first and and whatever package is enough for for Cam Johnson, but like if you want to trade for a megastar um yeah and 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 with that said if i'm the thunder i'm looking at more guys like cam johnson than some megastar because i i don't i don't want somebody to come in to this team and change what they are at all and i don't think cam johnson would do something like that that's why i think a player like that would make sense for Mm -hmm. for a team like this is like adding a player on the fringes that can be one of your like seven best players. Not one of your yeah. three, but one of your seven. Because I do believe they have their three best players. And they have to figure out like what kind of role players do we need around them. Like that that to me is the stage that they're at. I think they've reached that stage where Shea is a top three player, top one player at times. Chet, I think, is if he's not already a top thirty, I think he's a top thirty heading into being a top twenty, top ten kind of guy. I I Man, I believe in Chet to like an insane degree. And the same with Dub. Like I, I think that trio could end up being the best trio in Oklahoma City Thunder history, which is like why you just don't touch it and you let it grow and you let them figure it out and you actually like be so, so intentional about the kind of players and the kind of people and the kind of everything that you put around them because one, you have some time and two, you don't want to screw this up. Like this is, this could be one of the most special groups in NBA history. Like they yeah. have that kind of potential. And so, like I, if I'm OKC, like boy, I am doing whatever I can to make sure that I am treating this roster and those three with the most intentional care possible to get them to where they want to go and help them to grow. And I think yeah. getting them to the playoffs this year, allowing them to grow through it, is probably the like definitely like the best way to go about it. And then like yeah, let's figure it out afterwards, you know. But like the truth is like if they do or don't make a trade between you know now and the next four weeks, it just doesn't really matter that much because they've got those three. 
And yeah, like, sure. This is, and this is sure. the first year. They haven't even played a playoff game together yet. They haven't played one playoff game, one series yeah. yet together. And so, like, we can't, like, just try to hit the accelerator, get to the playoffs, and be like, holy smokes, like, we traded for Cam Johnson, but, like, we're a worse rebounder, rebounding team than we were before. Well, now we have to sure. fix that. Like, we've got to plug this hole and that. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, can we just, like, see what this team is first before we yeah. start solving problems I, I agree that with we that don't sentence. know that we have? You can also say that even if that is true, you get a lights-out shooter and you you have someone who everybody wants. Yeah, It's not that if Cam Johnson comes to OKC and then you reroute him one year later, it changes the value dramatically. Um, so I think that there are there are moves that you can make no matter what. Um, and and to me, one thing that um, it's not about the last two games. Um, to me, it's the only thing that is making me a little bit more helpful, uh, hopeful, sorry, about Giddy is that the three ball is actually going in. Yeah. Even when it takes a huge number. And that is the only thing that I'm for which I'm willing to give a little bit more time because the defense, yeah, is not good. The the discussion that we had in July, August is that yeah, Chet will improve this. He improved that for Dort, mm-hmm. not for Giddy. Mm-hmm. Um the three-point shot is and the free throw shots. Uh, yeah. In terms of percentage and uh, amount over the past ten day, ten games, is something that gives me, yeah, maybe we want to see this a little bit more. Yeah, because if he takes eight shots, six threes per game, five threes per game, and he makes thirty-seven, that is, that is something that changes the way in which defenses are guarding you. Yeah, because Giddy is not afraid. It doesn't take too much to let it to let it go. Yeah, he's not. And if you and if you close out, he surely can beat you. Yeah. Now, I don't know how to trust those numbers, um, but that is the only thing that right now is giving me a pause to say, okay. Yeah. I didn't see up to now, but this thing is also something that I never saw from Giddy. Yeah. Like to have a 10 game stretch. 15, where 15, you... 15 games. The last 15 games. 50, 42, 82. Yeah. Yeah. This is something where numbers can be tricky. Uh, 15 games are not a, a big enough sample size for shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw with Dort many times, like shooting 40% over, the, over a 20 game stretch mm-hmm. and then going back. Mm-hmm. Um, He's up to 37% on the season from three. Yeah, which is a little bit, like a little bit interesting. Maybe a little bit more than a little bit. It's still clunky when he's out there for some reasons, mm-hmm. um, because defenses are just not not guarding him. Yeah, yeah, he, he's got it. He has to make them pay. And in some of the biggest moments against the Minnesota Timberwolves, against the Boston Celtics, he, he did, did it. it. He did it. And so. Another great reason to bring me, up that, you like, frame it this way, like, let's wait. Like, if you. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying, if you frame it this way, like, we're starting to see something different from Josh. Yeah. And I believe that this is something that we need to see before mm-hmm. we move. I couldn't say no, and it is not 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 something that is that is yeah. worth. Because that is what we advocate for. Yeah. Like, Giddy being this passing savant, which we're seeing some, some of those passes going back. It's, it's which starting is to come back a little bit. Yeah, starting to come back a little bit. 
and and the fact that the tree ball is going in like you say okay okay this is something that i can wait a year because if that guy goes somewhere else and it goes like a 50 37 82 while getting seven rebounds and six assists mm -hmm. and you remove that guy to that that can be like a connected tissue not the max guy but maybe a 20 22 millions kind of guy mm -hmm. you 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 really did something wrong yeah 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 for sure for sure yeah uh all right thanks so much for listening to our show hope you guys are having an awesome monday the thunder play the wizards tonight in dc boy they better destroy the wizards tonight then they get miami on wednesday night it's a tough opponent and then they're back in oklahoma city thursday for a uh, road home back-to-back -back against the Portland Trailblazers, who have been playing better lately. So, interesting week. Then they finish off Orla with Orlando at home on Saturday. So, interesting little stretch here. Like, a really bad team. A couple pretty good teams. Another pretty bad team. It'll be interesting to see just how they kind of bounce back from all of that thank you so much for listening and watching here on youtube if you could hit subscribe if you are not subscribed to our youtube channel if you're listening to this on your podcast app please subscribe to our youtube page hit the like button do all of those things that are very helpful for us hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day and we'll talk to you guys again on wednesday as you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.